0: Pastor Xavier Reese warns, God's harshest judgment is to be reserved for the church. She caused John to marvel with great
1: amazement. Why? Due to her treachery and deception. Due to her murderous acts. And due to the fact that she will be judged by God for her injustices and thirst for power, turning her own thirst to her own destruction at the hand of the Antichrist.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. World domination, deception, apostasy, a one-world church, and the ten-nation confederacy. If these terms sound like elements of the end-times tribulation leading up to Armageddon, you're right. However, that's not a list of things the Antichrist is responsible for, but rather the upcoming thirst for power of the church. Pastor Xavier wraps up our series of the book of Jeremiah today by turning to the book of Revelation to provide us the final chapter of Babylon, the nation God used to dispense the judgment to God's people of Judah as forewarned by the prophet Jeremiah. Now we've looked at
1: Jeremiah, we've looked at Babylon. And so in view of the long-term fulfillment, we want to look to the book of Revelation because this ties the long-term. So if you have a Bible, now again turn to Revelation it ties together, okay? Because we've, we've looked at the book, and now we want to tie this long-term aspect of it. The 17th chapter of Revelation describes for as a religious Babylon and her judgment. And we're going to focus there. She is the apostate church, which will promote the Antichrist through the false prophet. She will be judged and destroyed by God through the hand of the Antichrist in the middle of the seven years, which is at the end of those three and a half. So the first three and a half he's promoted, but he destroys the religious system. By the Antichrist She promotes him But he destroys her And sets up himself as the guru And so we focus here In chapter 17 Verse 1 through 6 And let me read our text Then one of the seven angels Who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, "Come, I will show you that judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornications, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. so he carried me away into spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beach, which was full of names of blasphemous, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And in her forehead a name was written, Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots, and the abominations of the earth. I saw the woman, drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the mars of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marvel with great amazement. First of all, in verse 1, the one to reveal the judgment was one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls. And as you go through the book of Revelation, you have the, the bowl judgments and you have the seals that are broken up and everything else, okay? This is the bowl judgment. The angels are the one revealing this. Angels are God's messengers. You know that. Notice secondly here, the message was to come and to see the judgment of the harlot. God is said to be the judge of the world. You know that. Psalm 50 verse 6 tells us. The description of the woman is that of a harlot. The woman has been unfaithful to God and His word. This is what it's talking about. He's talking symbolically here. He's talking about being treacherous to His word. She is a representative of religion who has corrupted the true worship of God. She has committed spiritual fornication. That's what it's talking about here. Now we've looked at Jeremiah. We've looked at Babylon. And we made some mentions at the beginning, but let me take you back a little bit. Back to Genesis 9, 22 and 10, 6. Just jot them down. The opposition to God there began with Nimrod. And so Nimrod, he's the one that was responsible for Babel, the Tower of Babel. He led people away from God and erected this Tower of Babel in attempts to establish a religious system and to have access to God and make a name for themselves, Genesis 10, 8, and 9 says. So his purpose was to have men come through him, to come to God. The system. There's the beginnings of Babel, Babylon. Now, the wife of Nimrod, her name was samaramis After his death, she continued the system along with her son Tammuz. Now, in Jeremiah, when we went through the chapter 44, verse 15 through 19, Samarames is found there, but under a different name. You remember her? The Queen of Heaven. The Queen of Heaven. Who's called the Queen of Heaven today? Mary, in the Catholic Church. We're going to see the connection all the way through. But it starts at Babel, with Nimrod. Samarames, his wife, continued the system. In fact, At the same time, Jeremiah was in Jerusalem, remember Ezekiel's in Babylon, right? In Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 8 through 14, he speaks about Tammuz, the son of Semiramis, how women were worshiping him. So you have the worship of Semiramis under the title Queen of Heaven in Jerusalem, and you have the worship of Tammuz over in Babylon that is the son of Semiramis. Okay, And so you have this whole system of the woman and child worship that's found throughout the world under different names. So Mary and baby Jesus, the Madonna, and child worship did not begin after Jesus was raised from the dead. It is way back from Babylon in Genesis. It's found all over the world under different names, but it's the same statue. It's the same statue figure and you can find those similarities throughout the earth today the judgment of the woman known as mystery Babylon is nothing but the culmination of Nimrod's system of Babylon here we have it at the end it began in Genesis here you have the culmination in Babylon we have the beginning of religion in Rome we have the culmination of religion in the two, we have a complete cycle ready for judgment by God. The great harlot stands in contrast to what? The true bride of Christ. The bride of Christ is a chaste virgin ready for a wedding. Now, the judgment is for the lack of what? Faithfulness. She is unfaithful in contrast to the faithful bride of Christ. She is an imposter in comparison to the authentic church of Christ. She is unholy, different from the holy bride of Christ. You see, the judgment of the woman is certain. Short term, long term. It's going to happen. Notice secondly here, verse 3 and 4. You have the identity of the woman. This is very important. First in verse 3, the woman's relationship to the beast is given. She is in control of the beast. Notice that. The Antichrist, as she sits on him. He's the one in power. He's the one that has brought the solutions to the world. She gives rise to him through her system the first three and a half years. Look at verse 7 of 17 here. But the angel said to me, why did you marvel I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. And he goes on to speak about the ten heads, ten horns. You're talking about the ten-nation confederacy. You're talking about the one who's going to run them, the Antichrist. He goes on to identify him. She is in league with uh, with one who is full of blasphemies against God. It's a marriage. She is in a marriage of religion and politics. The seven heads and ten horns identifies the religion as well as the political marriage of the two into one. Look at verse 9 of 17. This will confirm the all those scriptures I've given you. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Now, that is the Roman Catholic Church. It's pretty hard to move her. That's where she sits. It's a very clear identity. Okay? That's her place. The headquarters is the seven mountains on which the woman sits. This is a revived Roman Empire. Daniel's ten toes comprised of iron and clay in Daniel 2.42. It has its roots in old Babylon. This is the culmination in the last days during the tribulation, great tribulation. The beast will have a PR man. You know that. Revelation 13, verse 11 through 12. In fact, the false prophet will have power to deceive man, to bring down fire from heaven. Revelation 13, 14, and 15 tells us that. Pretty impressive. The study of history reveals to us the, the effectiveness of such a union of religious and political. The kingdom of Rome, the worship of Caesar as political head subordinate to other gods. It solidifies the kingdom. The kingdoms of the past, such as Spain, England, were always made strong. How? They made marriages with other nations politically, so they wouldn't attack one another. And then who put their sanction on them? The Roman Catholic Church. Political, religious. That's a true marriage of true power in the world. In October 28, 1958, when Pope John XXIII was elected and he became the most famous pope, he became famous due to the fact that he declared in his papal encyclical his desire to have a one-world government and one-world church. So attractive was this plan that in 1963, he called two councils together together And even communist Russia sent Russian Orthodox priests to it. Notice secondly in verse 4. The woman's relationship to herself is important. The woman is seen as arrayed in purple and scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. These are the colors of royalty that are reserved for the Pope and Cardinals. Pope II made it illegal for anyone but a Cardinal to ever wear scarlet hats having a cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. She holds the cup in her hand, symbolic of her power and party, to the full abominations. She is responsible for her spiritual filthiness of fornication, making her unfaithfulness to God. Her abuses regarding sexual crimes are nothing new. They're throughout history. And her historical abuses financially by confiscation and stealing of property throughout history, unquestionably through her power, are beyond imagination. Especially through the Inquisition and in the Dark Ages. That's where she gained her wealth and her power. Now, I'm not saying the Catholic Church hasn't done any good works, okay? So don't walk out of here thinking that. Think of Mother Teresa. Think of people like her. But that's individual things that go on. But we're talking about the system. We're talking about the system. That's what we're talking about. She has sought to exalt herself instead of Christ. And what we have in this chapter is the culmination of the religious mistress system of Babylon of Nimrod. This ecumenical movement is in motion today very much alive, attempting to put every difference aside and have one big brotherhood of mankind without respect of doctrine. The movement is based on social reform, general belief in God without specifics to the scriptures. Remember that this ecumenical movement is not limited to the Catholic Church during the last seven years of the tribulation. though Rome will certainly be the headquarters But all of apostate Protestants will be joining with her. Whoever is left behind, once the church is removed, you have the apostate church. They will all come in one with her. The scriptures tell us that once the church of Jesus Christ is removed at the rapture, the false church is the focus and the power of the world. And the Antichrist will be exalted by her. Then he'll turn around and destroy her. Notice lastly the character of the woman. First in verse 5, the woman was not always revealed so clear in the past. The woman's character is as- ascribed on her forehead for all to see. Her evil and treacherous character has been cunning, disguised throughout the past, but not completely completely. Her name is on her forehead as the custom of the day was. Representing her character. The woman's name is Mystery Babylon. Notice that. The great, don't miss that. Describing her subtle character. The word mystery, as you know in the Greek, mysterion, means something hidden previously, but now made known. Notice secondly here. Still in verse 5. The woman reproduces in kind she is the mother of harlots like mothers like daughters she has reproduced herself in kind in abominations by example throughout man's systems in the world century after century with one common denominator unfaithfulness to god she is a harlot listen with no commitment but to herself Now notice thirdly in verse 6. The woman is said to be responsible for the blood of the saints and martyrs of Jesus. She is seen by John intoxicated with the blood of the saints. This identifies all those who belong to God and have suffered at her hand to the point of death. And they are many. I'm going to give you some statistics as we move along. This once again declares how she moved in opposition to God and Exalted herself by her power over people who opposed her. She also is seen, notice drunk with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. These identify those who were deliberately opposing her under the name of Jesus. These are those who did not back off from her. John Knox, Luther, stuff like that. By God's grace, Luther lived. These certainty identify those during the Great Tribulation in its context, because many are going to oppose her. The greatest revival to come is not right now in the church age, the greatest revival is during the tribulation period. You know that? Have you read the book of Revelation? (laughs) And they will oppose her, but they'll have to lose their life. She caused John to marvel with great amazement. Why? Due to her treachery and deception, due to her murderous acts. Due to her power and authority, and due to the fact that she will be judged by God for her injustices and thirst for power, turning her own thirst to her own destruction at the hand of the Antichrist, according to God's word. As it tells us here in verse 16 through 17. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot and make her desolate and naked. Eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into the hearts to fulfill his purposes to be of one mind and give their kingdoms to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. She will promote and exalt him. Then he'll turn around and wipe her out as God judges her through the Antichrist. And then what does he do with the Antichrist at the end? He'll judge him. Do you see a cycle? You see, you see a pattern in God? <laughs> the woman is pictured by two periods of history, by the way. The period of the church of Pergamos from 312 to 600 A.D. Constantine thought God had called him to conquer for Christianity after a vision of a cross in the heavens. And therefore he began to Christianize Everyone and everything. The Roman Empire was persecuting Christians. Then in 312, Constantine thought God called him. So he commanded everybody to be Christian. Persecution of Christians stopped. Pagan shrines and basilicas were turned into churches. The result was a mixture of syncretism of the two. Taking pagan things, statues, and putting Christian names on them. And that's where you get the marriage. Mass baptisms were ordered, and Constantine married the church to the world. The name Pergamos means marriage, elevation. We get our root word for bigamy and polygamy from it. The second period of history is during the church of Thyatira, from 600 to 1500 AD. In both of these periods, the Catholic church occupied these are generally known as the Dark Ages. Now, let me ask you why, do you, why are they called the Dark Ages? Real simple. It was due to the lack of advancement in society and knowledge. As the Catholic Church had absolute control over the world and authority to quench everything. And that's why people are sort of turned off to Christianity because of what the Catholic Church did through the Dark Ages. It quenched all scientific advancement and everything else. In fact marked them heretics and killed many of them, okay? This is the period of time in which the Catholic Church developed complete and absolute power as a church of God. The Church of Thyatira is identified with the woman Jezebel, as you know, who joined Israel to idolatrous whoredoms through sexual immorality and things sacrificed to idols as she introduced bell worship and calling herself a prophetess. During this historical period, the Catholic Church continued to issue her dogmas as divinely inspired as Scripture. 709 AD, kissing the Pope's feet. It was commanded. 786 AD, the worshiping of images and relics. 850 AD, the use of holy water began. 950 AD, canonization of dead saints. 998 AD Fasting on Friday And Lent And by the way Now you can eat Meat on Friday What happened to the ones In the past that didn't Where are they at Limbo Purgatory hell Where are they at 1079 AD Celibacy for the priests. Before this Priests Were not celibate They didn't have to be 1184 AD The Inquisition Horrible time Persecuted all Christians 1190 AD Sale of indulgences. In other words, they needed money to build a basilica. So they said, if you give money, we guarantee you, the minute the coin hits the bottle, Tegel said, your loved one is released from purgatory. You do the same thing today when you go light your candles. No different. You're in a for the dead. 1215 A.D., transubstantiation. The turning of the host into the body of Christ and the wine into the literal blood of Christ. A direct contradiction to Scripture. Christ died once and for all. Every time there's a mass, Jesus dies. Every time. Blasphemous. 1229 A.D., the Bible is forbidden to the layman. 1870 A.D., the infallibility of the Pope declared. So apparently he could make mistakes before this, then he didn't. 1950 A.D., assumption of Mary, of Virgin Mary. In other words, she just went up to heaven. She never died. 1997. August 19, Colonel John O'Connor quietly supported a movement within the Catholic Church to elevate Mary, to expand the Trinity, playing multiple roles. Daughter of God, the Father, Mother of Jesus Christ, the Spouse, the Holy Spirit, teaching the Holy Quartet. In support, 4.3 million signatures have been collected worldwide. And if accepted and declared, the new dogma Rome will make Mary equal in status with Jesus Christ, teaching the Holy Quartet in place of the Holy Trinity. Sir Robert Anderson the Scotland Yard estimated that Rome was guilty of 50 million Christians in the Inquisition. Eight times more Christians were put to death as heretics because they would not confess or agree with the beliefs of the Catholic Church. All has been done in the name of Christ. Directed by the vicar of Christ the Pope for he is the head of the Roman Catholic Church Now you understand why John marveled and amazed him He could not believe that this would be so associated with the Church of Jesus Christ the character of the woman is ungodliness And so the long term the scarlet woman here Babylon the Great the mother of Harlots, the abominations of the earth is laid out for us in these three perspectives the judgment of the woman is certain The identity of the woman is unmistakable and the character of the woman is ungodliness. You understand Babylon now? From Genesis to Revelation? Nothing's changed. But God will judge her.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese providing a peek into a very dark period ahead for the church as he illustrates Revelation chapter 17 and prophecy of the tribulation to come. And just before we close, let me mention that copies of today's Simple Truth study titled Mystery Babylon Revealed are available on CD for only $4. And we'll be including everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. Once again, the title you want to ask for is simply Mystery Babylon Revealed. Or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California. 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800 926 Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then be back for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com